What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. We've got a mailbag edition where we answer the questions that our listeners ask on RedRaiderSports.com. So, uh, because as you can hear, my voice is almost gone. Hunter leads us through that, and we give our opinions on tech basketball, football, and a bunch of random other things. So, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at prmiraider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. So we got a Christmas, Christmassy edition of uh, From Here It's Potable. We've got a a mailbag, Santa's mailbag uh, here with Hunter Davidson, who I'm going to let read the questions because I can barely talk. So Hunter is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting here. So I hope you're up for it, Hunter. I don't know. You, you don't seem particularly interested in doing this today. <laughs> that is not an accurate characterization. I just did. Uh, I, I've, I've been talking all day. That's probably why my voice is. Yeah, so you're three, I guess so you did three hours on Tech Talk. Yes, with the, the great Aaron Dickens tomorrow, Choice Woodman. So, yeah. Nice. It's, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to let you. We did, Like I said, we did a little mailbag on Red Raider Sports. Got some good questions from our 11 listeners, so we can answer each of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. There's one, I guess it's, I would like a discussion on why Taylor Beatles is so adamant about us running the triple option. Okay. We know we don't even have to get into that. You do not like the triple option. I do not. Okay. This is from Ben Golan. All right. How many, all right. He's asking about Pop Isaacs, you know, point guard. Obviously, Tech doesn't have a point guard. He's asking, how many minutes would Pop Isaacs play if he was on the current team? Um, tying, and then he wants us to tie those thoughts into how McCuller has played, has handled playing point guard this season. So, I mean, I think Pop, you know, basketball, the the high level guys that can play right away, especially yeah. someone like Pop Isaacs. He's been on, he's like, you know, prep circuit, played at several different like premier high schools that play a national schedule. But, I mean, I, I would think he'd play 20 minutes, maybe even more on the same yeah i think it would also it would you would think just with coach adams being who he is it would all come down to could he defend at the level needing to defend at so i don't know i haven't watched him enough to know whether he can but he seems skilled enough offensively to be able to play instantly yeah i think he yeah i think he played 20 minutes a game at minimum and would help because you know or i guess some of these questions have to do with basketball and, and maybe an initial basketball talk would answer a lot of them. Um, but, you know, I think we, we knew before the season started that we don't have a whole lot of 
guards, you know, yeah. small, quicker um, guards who are, you know, all typically in a typical offense, all they do is get the ball past half court and like initiate offense. We, we just don't have that guy, maybe Malik Wilson, but even he's kind of uh, an off the ball type guy, but can but can be a point guard, obviously, but we don't have him. So, yeah, I mean, we are, we're limited. That's a limitation. I don't, it'll be interesting, you know, when conference gets going, uh, because what it, the main thing that to me that it hurts us is getting the ball into the off, you know, it takes 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Yeah. They're pressuring us to get into our offense. Cause once you're in the half court, like we have enough guys who can potentially create to, to where it shouldn't be a problem. It's, it's the getting into the offense part. That's prob- been problematic that I've seen. It's, I've, I always want that guy to be Clarence. Like, I want him to be able to do that, and that's just not who he is. He's playing better recently. And, yeah. But, but he is who he, he's – you know, you love having him because he's so aggressive and just, you know, f- throws his body everywhere, and he's a good defender. Uh, but he's – yeah, he's loose with the ball. Uh, and, I don't, you know, that's not something that typically people fix. No. Typically. But, but I thought McCullough has done – as well as somebody could do in McCuller's situation. Like that's not really answering the question, but it's a, it's a guy who is a wing who you're asking to initiate offense. And there's been some ugly moments and there's been some good moments where he's used his size to his advantage. So, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. I no, no complaints really. No, I, I think he has trouble sometimes getting the ball up the floor you know, on a yeah. guy that's smaller than him and, and really quick. Uh, that's the only part that he, that he seemed bothered by it. To, in my, in my opinion, I think he, we can win game. We can, we're perf- perfectly okay with him as the point guard, unless he's having trouble getting the ball up the court. You know, if it yeah. takes 10 or 15 seconds for us to start our offense then you're playing in the big 12, that's not enough time. I mean, and that's something like you look at these big wings who handle the ball, like in the NBA, the biggest difference is like they have guard skills, like that ball is on a string and I'm not sure that that's the way it is from a color. So it'll be interesting if a team tries to press, you know, full court, make him do it, how successful that'll be. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, Golan also wants us to give biggest surprise and disappointment from the Gonzaga game. I, I mean, I think surprise would be maybe Adonis Arms, and he and he's still playing well. You know, he he was. It's crazy. He's playing a higher percentage of minutes for us than he did at Winthrop. Yeah, that is crazy. He was seventh in the minutes there. I mean, this guy, he's like a, apparently like a really late bloomer. You know, and I don't think we really have talked in that, uh, much about like. You know, his path because he played like NAIA ball, yeah, for two, and then went to junior college and then went to Winthrop. He's like our age, yeah. Now he's <laughs> you know, super senior, or whatever. Um, but it, yeah, he's just uh, he makes shots, he can get to the basket, he's really athletic, and so he can defend. I mean, it's he's the per, I think, in a perfect world, if he's like your sixth guy, if he's your sixth guy, um, you know, you're gonna be really good, but. I don't know if he's almost kind of working his way into the starting lineup, but yes, that's my, that's my biggest surprise from Gonzaga game was him. I don't really have, you know, disappointment. It just, I thought that was going to happen, but we, they're really, really good. And we, we, it seems like, I guess maybe the disappointment was that our game plan didn't work and I'm not blaming, you know, Adams for kind of selling out to stop Timmy, and yeah. Holmes, but we did. And they made shots. I think you roll. I think it does make sense. If you don't think you can win, you know, maybe you say, all right, well, let's make them 
hit all their shots if to, to beat us. And if, if they do, oh well, if they don't, then we're gonna have a, a chance. Yeah. I, surprise for me was like I just missing the guys you were missing. I felt like you competed better than I would have thought. Like, you know, this you you lose by double digits, but it could have been a lot worse. I thought it was going to be a lot worse when the injuries occurred. Um, and then disappointment was just the injuries. Like I, I really would have liked to see a full strength team. I don't think the the outcome would have been different, but the game would have been different. And, and so I just, that's, I know that's not really a disappointment, but I just would have liked, it was disappointing as a fan, I guess, just to not get the, you know, I would like to see Shannon against those guys. Yeah. Um, TTU bus driver asks most efficient lineups, just a lineup discussion, your choice for starting five in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, I think we, you know, we saw what we probably we will do in the last two minutes. Um, like late in that Providence game with like Adams was making a sub every time the ball went out of bounds. Right. Like offense or defense every single time. See, I was going to ask you about that because it didn't against Tennessee. It seemed like he kind of stuck with the lineup a lot more than he did against Providence. And I didn't know if, if that yeah, was he did. And maybe that was kind of a hot hand theory. Cause we just were so broke and Batcho was playing well. Cause Batcho played a ton. Yeah. Uh, and we, and, uh, yeah, and, and maybe the foul trouble contributed to doing it in, at Providence. But anyways, you know, top, I guess, my top five is McCuller, Warren, Arms, like Shannon, no question. I mean, yeah. those four. And then just uh, either probably Bryson just for his experience. And, and we just need him. I mean, we're not going to, um, you know, our full potential as a team. It's like he's – I know Bacho's playing well and like Silva's can be like kind of the third guy, but – we we need Bryson to be a, a factor if we're going to yeah. be really good. So I, I just want to keep going to the well with him. Yeah, I mean, if we were doing season-long disappointments, I think Bryson would be up there for me. And maybe my my expectations were too high. The, but the bright, the bright side of him, though, is he's becoming like a factor shooting threes. Yeah, that's, that's true. He, yeah. You're playing with him. you know, you got to guard him out there. Yeah, that's that's helpful, even though it doesn't really show up. But if you're like drawing the guy, you know, they're big away from the basket because he's got to be defended. That's yeah. a factor. And you know, Bachelor doesn't do that. But we played two bit, we've been playing two bigs. I'm surprised, you know, because we just didn't like Beard hated bigs. Yeah. And hated them. And and that's what's kind of bizarre about why I got so many at his current team. But yeah, you know, we would I don't think we would ever be playing with like Bacho and Silva together. Uh, on the, like we have been, or Bacho, O'Banner, and Bryson. Right, yeah. Like, like the way Adams seems willing to do. No. Uh, then T.T. Bushdriver asked about Barrett Peary. Like, how has he done so far, assuming he's responsible for our offensive game plans? I mean, uh, we've, we've talked about it. I think we have limitations. You know, like, I guess our offensive game plan, I mean, as a whole, we're, we're incredibly efficient. You yeah. know, like, yeah. we've had some bad stretches in the – in the games that we played against good teams. Um, and, and I think that part should have been somewhat expected just given our roster construction and how, where we are in that kind of the process of trying to figure out like how we're going to get the ball off the floor right, with enough time to like start our offense because, um, you know, we, we've just been feasting on teams doing certain things, you know, like getting fouled and offensive rebounding and transition that a really good team can kind of, shut those off really not, you know, somewhat easily at right. least for spurts. 
And that's where it's like, okay, what do we, what do we do? We still haven't really figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say is I think he's done a good job at manufacturing points in the, in the ways you described, but I do want to see like, all right, that, you know, half court defense is set. Half court offense is set. What's next? Like, what are you doing? What are you running? Like, what does your pick and roll look like? What does it look like against the zone? Because that it was so frustrating. You know, it's been a while now, but when Providence got in that zone and it, it in tech just looked lost, you know, like, and it was, it was incredibly frustrating, but there has been other points on offense where it's looked that way. Um, and I wonder if that goes back to, you don't have a guy who, who naturally wants the ball. I guess that's Shannon who just, who wants the ball. Like I, we need a bucket. Here's the ball. Um, maybe that's it. Maybe the, the lack of point guard comes back to bite you there, but um I don't know. I think I think it's too too soon to judge. Too yeah, and the, and the one thing I mean, we're talking about offense with the Providence game going to a zone. The reason why they went to a zone is because they could not guard us, man. Right. man. Yeah, they could not yeah. even. It looked like there were six guys for Tech on the floor when yeah. they were trying to, you know, play man to man with us and like run the floor. And so, like, that's something. That's something that will. That's telling about the team just as much as we briefly, you know, struggled against the zone and haven't really since. Yeah, but um, let's. See. But I mean, when you okay, when we look at the things that Peary's known for, it's transition, offense, yeah. and offensive rebounding. So our offensive rebound percentage right now is fourth in the country. Yeah, there are only three teams that rebound a higher percentage of offensive rebounds than we do. Something they're probably not even power five teams. Yeah, go to transition. We are in the second percentile of all college basketball teams and points per transition possession. So I mean. We don't do it enough. I don't, you know, we don't do it that often relative to a lot of teams, maybe half, you know, middle of the pack, but we are as good as it gets in transition. Uh, again, some of that, a lot of that, you know, is feasting on bad, bad opponents, but everybody's kind of playing those teams. I mean, and we, uh, you know, we're up there. We're doing as, as well as you could possibly expect. I think it's, it's, those are the two areas where Peary's probably had an impact. Although, you know, we've, we've been good in transition in years past too. Yeah, but I can remember us saying we wanted to do more transition last year, you know, and I don't know if it ever got around to that. But you've you've talked about it before, just how athletic we are. It's tough for teams to keep up with us. So it'd yeah. be nice to get some easy bu- uh, baskets that way. Yeah, and it's just, you know, the Big 12 is so tough that, you know, we might be one of the top 20 athletic teams in the country. But like night in and night in in the Big Twelve, it's not going to be a there. There probably won't be a huge difference, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, we're going to have to figure out half court offense. Basically, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. To have a good, you know, good to great season. Yeah, I think we could batter our way through like a decent season though, without just our team. You know, if that makes sense, we could go without playing good half court defense and just try to rebound and get in transition and defend and win like ten games. I mean, that's it's a possibility. Yeah. The next guy, Cliff Jumping, asks about O'Banner. He asks, what's his deal? This He's Moretti from the arc in his career, but struggling so far. Is it safe to assume he'll revert back to his mean as the season progresses? I mean, yeah, I, I at first I kind of worried about him, but I think it's just like his demeanor because he, he he's, uh, you know, like he gives a – plays with a lot of effort. For someone who kind of has a – stereotype of being like a spot shooter who doesn't like put on the floor and isn't like a super athlete. He, he does give a lot of effort, Yeah, but he's also, um, 
you know, he's one – I'm looking at he's, – he's been credited for 103 possessions and 105 points. That's good. I mean, that's as good as anybody on our team, really. And But he just doesn't have – you know, like Bryson, Davion Warren, and McCuller have more possessions than him. And I would have guessed, and probably the person who asked this question, that he would have been maybe one or two in terms of to shots that he's taken. But it's just he doesn't create his own shot. Um, but I bet when we're playing – you know, big 12 teams down the stretch from behind and in close games, he's probably gonna be pulling the trigger on some threes that he's passing up now. Right. So I, I'd, there's probably more to come from him in terms of taking like eight threes in a game. Yeah. And I would imagine if he regresses to the mean a little bit, but do you think it has anything to do with the lack of a, like a table setter, a true point guard getting him those good looks? Or do you think it's just, no, that- I mean, yes, to the extent that we don't have that much time to get him a look when it takes us that long to bring the ball up. But, but, but like from a pick and pop type standpoint, I mean, Arms, McCuller, and Warren, and Shannon, I mean, there are some – we should be able to – we have the pieces to get him catch-and-shoot attempts in the half yeah. court. Yeah. It's just maybe not when there's 15 seconds when we start our offense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, ADR underscore bowl asks, adding on to what was said above, what do you think tech has to do to improve its offense? Is something wrong with Bryson or is it just a string of bad games? We've talked a little bit about it. I mean, I don't know uh, what we need to do like in terms of the like half court stuff, because we've either played like really, really good defensive teams or bad ones. And when we're playing the bad ones, we're actually like being efficient and like blowing them up. Yeah. but when we play the good ones, we're not, you know, and so I, it's hard to gauge us. And like, we're so early, you know, in the process of, of this team and season, we Shannon's missed five games Malik's missed like two or three games and Bryson's like no showed in the biggest games. And, yeah, you know, he, he's not playing well, but he's also having like balls go in and out like yeah. four or five of them in those stretches. So it's just hard to, hard to say, but I think, you know, like Adams quoted, I think he was quoting the numbers I was just reading in his presser. And he said, like, the analytics say we need to get in transition more. And, you know, I think he's, I think what his thought is, it's like, we're not going to try to like reinvent ourselves in the half court. We're just going to try to get more of the shots we're really good at, you know, transition shots is what yeah. it's And I mean, you hear, I mean, I've heard plenty of NBA guys talk about, you know, how important those like annoying defensive minded guards are who pick you up full court and they make your ball handler work to get into the offense. And like you said, you know, you're getting down there and now you've got 10 seconds to get, you know, to run your play, to run your scheme, whatever you're doing. Um, And it might be as simple as get the ball up the court quicker with more consistency, um, you know, trying to fix the offense. But I do think, you know, there's been a lot of, talk about the offense and the problems with it, but I do like the look of it more. Like I, I like that they're hunting shots that when they have a good shot, they're taking it. Um, and I, I can only assume that will, you know, that will be beneficial if those shots, you would think those shots will start dropping. Uh, but I do like what we're doing. It's just, you know, it's kind of cliche, but it's like, if we were making more shots, it would look a lot better. Definitely. And, you know, we don't have – we have O'Banner, yeah, right? He's kind of the guy that's a like a no-doubt shooter. Uh, but besides that, we, we do have a lot of guys that you like still kind of have to guard. You know, we have 
like everybody shoots Shannon McCullough, Warren, Bryson, Arms, O'Banner, Malik Wilson, even they, the guys that we play for the most part um, are, are capable shooters enough to where you at least have to respect them. And as opposed to in the past, when you have like PV and certain guys that you're playing a lot, where it's just, they're not shooters. And it just kind of, so I hear what you're saying in terms of we, it seems like we'll be able to play half court offense at some yeah. point, just based on the pieces we have. Yeah. You would think it's just shots got to go down and got to get the ball up quicker. Like you said. Uh, and I really, I do think McCuller will get better at those things. You know, if he is going to be the primary ball handler, I would just imagine that he will get better at being the primary ball handler. <laughs> so I think we can, we have that to look forward to. Matador 96 asks, I think Taylor Beatles is one of the greatest off- offensive minds. Of offensive. Family. Yeah. That's My question awesome. is this, are you in awe of his football intellect and does it inspire you to learn more from him? I mean, it, it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched, I was, I did a Microsoft teams meeting during the uh, Gunter Abernathy game with him and we just dissected the, the offenses. They were yeah. both, both running you know, triple option type stuff. And, yeah, it was yeah. great. Great time. And he, Matt, he also adds, by the way, I'm one of the 11 listeners. Uh, damn good podcast. So appreciate, appreciate you. Yeah, we do have 11 listeners. I mean, it's, it's great. What's funny to me, I guess, you know, everybody has a podcast. Every single <laughs> your your bartender, your trainer. There uh, are a lot of podcasts. That you're, Everybody that you know has one. But you're the only one I know. I don't have one. I'm on yours. You're, you're the only one that has one that doesn't advertise it. You know, like <laughs> you don't want people to listen. That's what I like about yours is you literally don't want anyone to listen to it. Yeah. That, that's why that's we don't, correct. we only have like four people that regularly listen. I think occasionally 10 to 15. Yeah. I, I say weird stuff on here that I don't want everybody to know about. So okay. only for the select few. All right, June 2005, should Easy go pro? I don't want him to go pro. No, heck no. Stay here. I mean. That's weird. You know, it seemed like there was a lot of, like, buzz that we had him. Yeah. That he was going to stay. And uh, I guess he got some kind of feedback. And, I mean, to me, I've been saying this for years. I've never – I mean, I've seen a lot. I feel qualified to talk about receivers. Yeah. And I've seen some good ones. I've never really seen anyone quite like him besides Crabtree in terms of like, you just can't tackle him for, yeah. for whatever. I don't know what it is about him, uh, but no one is, seems to be able to really ever be able to tackle him. And that that's sucks if we're losing that. Yeah. I, if he, if he got a grade, if he's hearing like round three or higher, then it's probably the right decision. Cause I don't know how much, you know, better his stock will get um i hope a lot you know because just being in kitley's offense but um you're i mean i that's i i don't want him to go pro um selfishly uh because you're right i mean he is he is ridiculous uh we've said it you've said it several times on here like have we ever seen a corner tackle him one-on-one like i don't think so without you know without him basically easy dragging him for four or five yards yeah so I mean, he's a, he's a freak. Um, but I do think, you know, I think he has some things to work on. Like we've seen drops be a problem. We've seen, you know, consistency be an issue. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things you can blame that on. Um, so I, I mean, I don't think it's a, you know, it's a lock that he'd go in the top three rounds, but as physical as he is, as, as productive as he's been, um, 
you know, I, I don't see why, you know, NFL teams would be scared away at all. Unfortunately for us, good for him. Zyler Buchanan asks thoughts on the basketball team's offensive and defensive analytical profile. How would you be building out our minute allocation for big 12 play? Um, so on our, so synergy sports, <clears throat> if you don't know what that is, it's like a, a service that uh, mainly coaches, I guess. And they have like a fan type version that you can pay to access. And it's just guys that watch every single game, they chart every game and then they put it into you know, these breakdowns. So that's how you can get like transition half court, how they're doing like out of bounds sets uh, against the press, against the zone, et cetera. And so from, from, but it's, it's raw numbers. So it's, we play a terrible schedule. We blow them out. We're going to look great. And, and it's hard to kind of pick that out from, from these, but um, our overall, we look really good. I mean, if that's what playing but it's i think there's been like feast or famine elements to it we just played a terrible schedule for a great team in a yeah. kind of tough situation um because it because tennessee's good you know we've talked about that but um it, it it seems to me like we need to be like getting more into transition i think there's always like the effect that has on your defense but um so Adams is weighing that. But like I said earlier, I heard him say that that's what he wants us to do more. And when you look at our numbers, that's you can see why. We, we're we're yeah. killing teams in transition. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, that goes back to our athleticism. But like you said, as athletic as we are outside of conference, I do, you know, that, that advantage is nullified a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, like the move to counter that, you know, if we can't get out and run constantly against these big 12 teams, if our offensive rebounding, if they take that away, what's, you know, what's our next punch, what's our counter punch. So it'll be interesting. Zyler also asks minute allocation for big 12 games. I mean, I, I would, I think we'll be playing a short bench like, Oh yeah. Uh, Shannon McCuller, Warren Williams arms and O'Banner. And then Nacho and Silva playing 10 to 15 minutes. I think, you know, that'll be what we kind of settle into until Malik gets back. And I, we have a lot of options. They're just very kind of similar pieces. It's, you can't press a lot of buttons. It's not like we can just press all these buttons. We just kind of have – we have what we have. We took the best player available, I think, in this past offseason. Yeah. Uh, all right. Wolf Camp Raider, start one, bench one, take one out. This is kind of we, – we've talked a little bit about this, and he's asking – Silva, Bryson, or Batra. And I, I, I'll go back to what I said before. I'm rolling with Bryson because I think we need him. We need him to be a an effective player down but, near. But can he be? I think so. Um, it's not, you know, I think he's not like an all conference player, but he's someone that is can play in the Big 12 and yeah. be a factor. It's some someone that the other team has to, if they don't have maybe their one guy on him, have to double him. Yeah, that's he can do that, um, but we need him to to make those shots around the basket when he's doing it. Because in all other, I mean, he can. If you don't have like the right size down there to defend him, he he scores every time. I mean, yeah. that's why. Yeah. But the teams we've played that are good have had that size. So. Yeah, I think I think I'm starting Bacho just because I like my center to be like a defensive anchor. You know, like. He's like, that's my, that's my number one thing um, for a center. Like I don't, 
I'll have my guards and wings pick up the slack on offense. Um, if if Bacho was a role threat, like I guess we don't, maybe he is. We just haven't really seen it. He'd be, you know, easily the start one for me. Um, bench one, I'm going Bryson just for the reasons you said, and then take one out of the rotation. I guess Santos Silva, you know, would be the third one left. But I do think he he does bring something. Like I don't, he can't play. You know, I don't think he's your starter. I don't think he's your. Uh, I don't think he can he can be as successful against every team that we're going to face. But uh, his motor and in that, that little jump hook shot that he has is effective. He's also incredibly fast. Yes, like for how, for, a how good passer. He, for how big he is, yeah, he's he's very he's a factor in transition, which we're going to be wanting to do more apparently. Yeah, I think you asked me that again. You know, in, in twenty games, Bacho, if he keeps on this like plane that he's on yeah he could be the starter going away even if bryson is like a hit yeah i mean that's like how much he get. it seems like he gets better every game yeah uh chuck underscore double t he i guess he wants us to discuss bj simmons record that held for so long and why how long till it's broken again i guess he's talking about the yards in a season record yeah that bailey zappy just broke i just think offense is Offenses have changed. Uh, I, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's rare, and we, we've seen it at Texas Tech more than just about anybody, but it's it's hard for a quarterback to stay healthy for a full season, <laughs> um, especially when you're dropping back as much as it requires to break a record like that. Uh, but I also think offenses have changed a little bit. Like You've seen um, the tight end, the H-back become more important, uh, you know, a quarterback that can run. Um, that be just as important as anything else. I just think college offenses have changed. Um, and so I think it might be a while before we see it broken again. Yeah. And that, yeah, I don't know. It, it might take, if there's like a playoff expansion, you know, you're playing 14 or 15 games or something. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, like you said, 2003, that was kind of the, the peak year to be running our offense. Yeah. <laughs> Heck, if we see it broken, it might be here. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, I bet. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if uh, it'll probably stand for a while. I think yeah. until someone plays like fourteen or fifteen games. Yep. That that number is ridiculous. I think it's like well, fifty six hundred. Yeah, I just looked it up. It is where to go. Uh, crap. He also asked Chuck five thousand nine hundred sixty seven. Should all passes behind the line of scrimmage be counted as rush yards in the stats? I would. This question. I mean, it wouldn't be that hard for them to do this. They should have air yards. Like, they should have receiving yards broken down between air yards and then, like, yards after the catch. Yeah. Every receiver will have a total and then both those numbers. Because then if you you have – if you caught all your 10 passes behind the line of scrimmage, you would have zero air yards. And if you caught one for 60, you'd have 60. Right. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I I do – I agree with you, but I'm fine with it counting as pass yards. Just because those there's like those bubble screens, there's an art to throwing them. You know those. And, those, and he might be talking about also about that jet sweep where you just like catch it and just literally pitch it forward. Yeah, that I mean that that sucks, but that's just kind of the nature of. And I mean, you can look up air yards, so I'm fine with it the way it is. But I, there is a point to what he's saying. All right, Whitlock safety gives us a football question. First one, I believe. Assume the football roster is set. Name your two deep on defense and what you feel good about and what terrifies you about it. Uh, so, yeah. Two deep on defense. 
we're just talking about defense. I'm probably I don't I can't do the two deep right now. Um just there's a lot. I I need to hear I need to I need to hear some more about some of those younger guys, but what's so, scared what's scared sorry go ahead. in the secondary though. Rayshad Williams, Reggie Pearson, Muddy Waters, yeah, Adrian Fry. Um, so that's four guys I think will be in the two deep. Yeah, that's I, I was about to say that's what I feel good about. I feel good about the secondary. Yeah. Um, and then, but behind them, I guess you might have. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, we, yeah. we need some bodies. It's gonna be tough. It's hard to answer this question without like me going on a meandering thought about you know, the whole year in general, uh, next year, but it's, it seems like we lose a lot of guys at linebacker. Krishan Merriweather will hopefully return and play. Yeah. Um, uh, besides the end of like Dimitri Moore, the transfer probably starts. That's a guy who's automatic. Yeah. I don't know where that UT guy fits in. Um, yeah, that is interesting. What, Cause I mean, he came out of high school as a safety but he wasn't playing safety at UT really. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, he may just, I guess it depends on what Deruder, you know, what, what his scheme is. Like if he's more of a man guy, like man coverage wants to run a lot of man, I could see uh, that UT transfer playing a lot of corner, uh, maybe a nickel. I'm not sure. Uh, but if I, I mean, I'm always worried about the defensive line. I just, it, we've never had enough bodies. We have guys playing way too many snaps. So, I mean, that's always what terrifies me. I, I think we'll figure linebacker out, especially with Moore and Krishan Merriweather. Uh, it's it's D-line, and it always and it will be. Hopefully not too much longer, but it is. Yeah, and I like Tyree Wilson, Hutchings, and Bradford if they're healthy. That's at yes. least a, a base. But it does, Oh, yeah. Know, it seems like we need <laughs> – a big nose type yes, uh, to go along with them. Desperately. But, yeah. The Rooter's going to have his hands full, at least for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I'm, wor- I'm working on something with Rooter right now, and it'll be interesting because there's an, a- there's an athletic article about him right as Oregon hired him. And, it- and a section of that was all about he's not a guy who takes a lot of time to build a defense. He's really good at molding his schemes to the talent available and AM, Fresno state Cal and Oregon, they all were instantly better on defense than they were the year before. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do that with us as well. All right. Yeah. Caltown red Raider asks what we've talked, talked about before. So unfortunately we'll, we'll skip that one. He's asking about the offense struggling wise, and he's asking about Bryson Williams and Bacho. Those are kind of the three most popular. Yeah, I don't know the answer to this one. Uh, TTU86, why did our offensive linemen stop wearing knee braces? They'd worn them for years, and you see most all other teams wearing I, them. I actually I have an answer for this. So I did see Baylor's coach bragging on Twitter that they yes, did not. that's why. Uh, there's been studies recently that they don't do anything, um, actually. Uh, they don't prevent injuries. They don't give you any kind of performance edge it's it's they're just uncomfortable um and so you know if the science says not like there's no point in wearing them like they're not fun to wear so that that would be my guess ford bronco 44 has some some questions that are 
some of them are tough. Like, are we going after Jared Wiley at tight end for a veteran athletic pass catcher tight end transfer from UT? I have no idea. That'd yeah. be something we're going. Yes. Uh, we have a lot of tight ends, but McGuire did say he was going to take one. And yeah. if the right one came along, um, but we didn't, right. He went to, oh, he stuck with his OU commitment, but so I, I don't know that one. Uh, if easy leaves, what wide receiver do you want in the portal? The UTEP guy is yes. really, really good, but he's yep. got, he can go, seems like he's going to have some serious offers. Yes. Legit places. But I mean, we should be in an attractive spot. Yeah. So, like that, that Wyoming guy who went in the portal today is good. I mean, I'm not worried about receiver. Uh, I, like Geiger played at Troy and was awesome. Like you can find receivers. So I'm, your UTEP is the guy right now, but who knows? I mean, after bowl, after the bowl season, there may be several ones that are better. So we'll see. He asked about our facilities, specifically football. How far behind every other big 12 team are we? Does the Campbell Womble football donation help put us in the same ballpark? It yes. seems like to me, when the new Big 12 occurs, we'll be in the top. Yes. Top 25%, I would think. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, the 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 weight room, the indoor facility, like that's that's top notch. Like that's good stuff. Um, it's and then now we've got the funds to fix the things that are wrong. So I think I think we're in a good spot there. He asks if Joe McGuire is the best recruiter in the state of Texas. You know, I don't. Uh, he's certainly showing evidence of being a great, a great one. Um, you know, I, we, if, if we hold on and kind of build this next class I, and to me, I guess I'll recruiting, like, I don't know if that it matters if we're like 30th versus 50th in re- recruiting composite rankings so much as is he getting guys that are hits and that are staying in the program contributing and tr- contributing quickly and they have staying power because we just don't, we have not had that with our high school signees. I'm like a scorned little <laughs> when it comes to the high school signees because they just disappear. Although Wells did a good job with the high school guys, but he was very, yeah. very picky. And, and he asked another thing. His, his fifth question was many things are broken in the program. What can McGuire do to fix that and how fast and, and to like what he can do is offer guys, that are players that he can get, bring them in and have them be his. Yeah. And it's like the simplest thing. When? Then, yeah. That's like, that's what we need to do. We haven't done that for 10 years. Yeah. We, those little things, like, like you said, Wells maybe hit on them at a very high rate. He, we, but when you get seven or eight of them, doesn't really matter. Like, I think, I think Ty Kana or Kana, the linebacker from Katie is a perfect example. Like, there are guys that we've passed on in the past. There are guys that we've just missed on. We got in late who are like him or excellent high school players who are going to be solid defensive players. It's the type of guys that Oklahoma state and Iowa state have beaten us with for years. And I think he's a perfect example of the type of player that we need to get every year and I, and getting guys like him um, and then the rest of the class, the defensive class, I thought was great. I think that will put us in a position to, to put us to put Texas Tech where it needs to be in the Big 12 hierarchy. All right, A Train 2.0. What gives you the most confidence that Tech can finish in the top four of the Big 12, as well as get to the second round, second weekend at least of the Sweet 16 round of the NCAA tourney? Um, 
<clears throat> I mean, I think it's our, we, we kind of got, we're like an MMA fighter who's like tough to knock out. You know, yeah. And, um, does like weird things that can like submit people quickly. I mean, and that, that's what our transition rebounding, you know, if you do, if you, it just depends. Some teams may not be able to handle that. And, and so like, I'm kind of talking about the turning. So you might play a specific skill set of teams that are just way behind the eight ball in terms of being able to, to beat us. So I think that I like that aspect of it. That's kind of like a, I don't know if that was a team. Maybe that was an Adams thing. Cause we've had, we've been that way for a while now, just in terms of being a horrible matchup for like a third of the teams you might be able to play. Right. Um, so we've kind of got that thing going for us, but that doesn't really help us in the big 12. Yeah. That's a... So, cause, cause they all kind of look like us Yeah. now. Um, I don't know if we can finish in the top four, but the difference between eighth and fifth and fourth is going to be such a small yeah. that we could, but I think we'll be in that range. You, I, you don't play any guys that suck. Like there are no guys that Adam subs in that you're like, Oh dear Lord, let's just hang on, you know, while this guy's playing, that gives me the most, like you, you just have a team full of good players and, and that's what gives me the most confidence. So, um, he asks if, if he thinks there's any point in running a press more often, or does that seem dumb considering the quality of the team's half court defense? He's, he's hitting on it. Yeah. I mean, it's like a balance of if you can't score, if you're having trouble running half court offense, that's something that makes you want to do it. But you, you have to weigh that versus how good you are at stopping them in the half court. Uh, Cause if you're just like in like against Tennessee or some of these games where we're just shutting them down, uh, you really just kind of want to get set every time. Yeah. But if, yeah even if you can't score yourself, yeah. it's probably the way, you know, you would, you would take that trade off. Yeah. And I think there's merit to using it as a weapon, but not a, you know, that not a scheme that you rely on. And most of the time we, when we are playing, when our half court defense is at its best, there is like a soft press involved in it. That's making, yeah. that's forcing them to take time to get, the ball down the, down the floor like it's the, the better we put we're playing in the half court the more likely it is adams does that it seems like yeah that's true all right uh last question from a train 2.0 regarding football and the offense do you think the tight ends will get utilized in the passing game based on what we've seen in Kelly's offense what kind of running play designs do you anticipate considering the personnel that we have at this point yeah, the tight ends will get used. Kitley used tight ends a lot more than he gets credit for. Um, the part of the reason why I think people don't believe that he uses tight ends is because he uses them like receivers. They're out. They're lined up in a in a uh, double set as the slot guy a lot. Uh, you know, then they'll move in. They'll move to an H back position, but they'll be used like slot receivers, uh, which I think is appropriate. Um, and they'll, you know, but on the goal line, I've also seen him used how you want to use the tight end, your rollout to him, uh, you know, a, a throwback to him. Uh, he's, he's creative with the tight end. Um, and it's the same thing with the running game. Um, when I watch there's zone schemes, there's gap schemes, uh, he's pulling a tight end, uh, when it's like what I got frustrated with, with basically the past couple of years is with the, the H back tight end, we were almost always running the same scheme. It was everybody blocks one way, leave that defensive end for the tight end to kick out on the opposite side. Well, he pulls his tight end. Uh, he'll block just straight up 
man block with his tight end uh, zone. Like he just, he does just like he treats his tight end as a receiver in the passing game. He'll, he'll treat him as an offensive lineman in the running game. And I think that that keeps you multiple in both, which I like. And the last question from Jay Bladell: Why is this podcast so inconsistently put out? I mean, I think I feel like we do this every week. I feel like not? we do it every week. Seems like <laughs> maybe it. maybe he means days. We do change up days. Maybe that's what he means. Yeah, and or maybe it's just you don't like you hate this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> that's maybe that's it. I don't know, uh, but we uh, I feel like we do this a lot. Maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy, uh, but yeah. So. I don't know what to say. The uh, I mean, there were no questions about the bowl game. That, it it feels like weird. the it feels like the bowl game is just it's so weird. And I saw your tweet about like how weird is our coaching staff situation? Basically, is what you were asking. Yeah. And, so I said, you know, we have an interim coach, right, and two coordinators that are currently the head coach of somewhere. I mean, they just came back from like only because it's the quiet period, and they finished up their fall classes. Like, has this ever – I'm sure there's been some playoff teams that had one coordinator continue while he was, like, already the head coach somewhere else. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there's plenty of one coordinator examples, but I bet those have a head coach, and I bet the other coordinator is still that guy. Not, like, we don't have anything. It's, it's – Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, how are we going to be – like, when – who put uh, this game plan together – um, and how much like interest is there in, to, in doing it? Um, I haven't, I mean, I bet it's not much of a game plan. I mean, I bet it's, we're going to run what we've run the past, you know, since Cumbie took over offensively, going to do the same things defensively. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see a Mississippi state dependent game plan. There may be a handful of plays, maybe a trick play where it's like, I know they do this. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, but that's not going to be – it's not going to be a typical game week when, you know, you, everything you do is in response to what that other team does. So – which I think a lot of bowl games are like that. I think you'll – I think you'll just see us go out and try to execute, you know, Cumbie's traditional stuff and same with Patterson. Yeah. I, you know, we're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, which seems like a lot for a, a one-off bowl game, but maybe – uh, some of this is getting factored into the line. Like what, I, I think it would have to be, but Mississippi state is also good. Um, yeah. And it is, I think like the general public is a lot more excited about this than tech fans. Um, it's just like, why, you know, like why, why do we have to relive rehash all this leech stuff? Like he's my favorite coach of all time, but I don't really want to, I don't want to get into all the ways tech screwed it up um, or he screwed it up, whatever. It's it's same deal. I have like I can't wait till the till we play Beard is over. Like I'm not looking forward to the to Texas coming and playing in Lubbock. Like I I just want it to be over. Like I hate all that stuff. Um, and I I think there's there's a lot of that here. And I, I also think recruiting has been shockingly exciting. Um, you know, McGuire putting together his staff has been really interesting. I think that's really put a damper on the bowl game. That's weird. I mean, there's no lead up or any, I, I'm not even seeing much about it at all. Yeah. I'm not like seeking anything out about it either. Yeah. Same. It's very weird. I I've, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's because 
it feels like this chapter of Texas Tech football has already been written and, you know, edited and turned in. Like, there's, there's nothing else that can be added, and yet we're playing this random game. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just feels very – it feels like this game is in, in between two eras of Texas Tech football, and maybe that goes into it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how Donovan Smith plays. Yeah. It'll be kind of maybe the only thing from this game that will has a chance to stick going forward. I mean, if he plays lights out, it'll be kind of like a lot of people wanting him to win the job. If he plays terrible, then there'll be people – people have him third, you know. Yeah, you're right. I think wise, a, a lot the quarterback battle will be impacted by whatever happens. Yeah, and I, I kind of hope Cumbie just lets him play. You know, like we we were theorizing that Cumbie doesn't think that Donovan is very good based off the way he was calling plays. And so it'll be interesting to see if that continues where you're just trying to run the ball or if he kind of just – if Cumbie just kind of lets it loose. You know, it's a bowl game. What does it matter? Yeah, and is Sir Roderick going to carry the ball? Is he still being punished for the, <laughs> the Baylor fumble? Yeah, uh, all that will be – Will be interesting, you know. Um, I'll. I have a feeling Leach is going to like their running back is very good out of the backfield catching the ball, and our linebackers are very bad covering guys out of the backfield. So it'll be interesting to see what Patterson does, like, or or does he do anything different? Like he's got a whole new program to worry about. It's just very weird. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm ready to watch it. Just see what, like you said, there. I'm never going to, especially now. Like I'm excited to watch this game. I just don't really care to. <laughs> you just don't really care about it. Yeah, I, I just, and maybe that's just bowl games in general now. Like with the playoff and stuff, that's probably a different conversation. But I don't know. I just, like I said, it just feels out of place. But I'm excited to watch these guys play again. Yeah. All right. That's it. I so, guess. All right. We'll- after the new year <laughs> yeah right as we talk about how consistent we actually are we, we probably won't do one until maybe we'll do one eh, i don't know we'll see how the bowl game goes I, maybe yeah. i'll be really fired up and we'll do one then but anyway whenever it is this very consistent podcast will be out at a inconsistent time so uh we'll talk to you guys later Come on.